Hey everybody, welcome to The Trench. My name is Christian, and today we're going to talk about how your brain works. Have you ever noticed how when you hear the entertainer playing, you immediately remember what it was like chasing an ice cream truck as a kid? Or have you ever smelled a cologne or perfume that it reminds you of somebody that you don't like? Or have you ever found yourself thinking, oh my gosh, it's Monday, there must be a new trench, just like there is every week. If anything like this has ever happened to you, good news. Your brain works. What you're experiencing is a neurological phenomenon. You've probably heard the axiom, neurons that fire together, wire together. It's a pretty basic idea, but it's extremely important. Our brains are a network of cells called neurons, and these neurons link together in a new way every time we have a new experience. So the next time that neuron A is activated, neuron B is primed and ready to fire. This is how we come to associate certain events with other events, and certain smells with certain people. Let me give you an example. Once after my daughter's ballet class, one of her classmates was giving out cookies to celebrate her birthday. Then, every time we took my daughter to ballet after this, she would say, I wonder if we're going to have cookies tonight. What had happened was that her ballet neuron and her cookie neuron had wired together. Thus, whenever her ballet neuron fired, the cookie neuron was salivating, ready to leap into some cookie neuron action. In childhood, these neural connections are happening all the time. Kids' brains are on overdrive. I mean, think about how many things they're learning to do. Walking, talking, going to the potty alone. Although some of us are still learning to do that. Not me. I can uh, go to the potty by myself. As we become adolescents, however, our brains change through two processes called pruning and myelination. Pruning is when the many neural connections that your brain has made in childhood begin to be pared down based on which ones are most infrequently used. This is probably why you can only remember the names of Washington, Adams, Jefferson, Monroe, and Lincoln without much effort. But it's also probably the same reason why you have no problem remembering how to play that instrument you played in high school. Your brain pruned the presidents and kept the clarinet. The second process, myelination, is related to pruning. As your brain keeps certain neural connections, it reinforces them through insulation called myelin sheaths. These help turn those neural connections from synaptic surface streets into cortical autobonds. All of this means that the things we think about, the experiences we have, the relationships that we form, all of these things through repeated exposure wire our brains in unique ways. This may mean that the more we think about how mean and horrible people are, the more likely we are to see the mean and horrible things people do. But it also may mean that if we think about how kind and gracious people are, that we're more likely to see the beauty in humanity. It may also mean that when we're vulnerable with someone we love, when we need kindness and compassion but don't get it, then we may be less inclined to open up the next time, because our vulnerability neuron has wired together with our it's not safe, don't do it, get out of there neuron. So there's a couple crazy things we need to bear in mind with this. While pruning and myelination happen in a unique and powerful way during adolescence, the brain can actually change all throughout one's life. Just because vulnerability and not safe are wired together when you leave adolescence, it doesn't mean that they're going to be that way forever. Our brains have neural plasticity throughout our entire lives. Second, it's especially important to realize that we dramatically affect the brains of others. Every time I respond to my daughter with compassion and kindness when she's crying, I help wire her brain to feel safe in our relationship. This is called a secure attachment, and it's born out of a larger attachment theory, but we're going to talk about that in another video. 
For now, suffice it to say that how we respond to others affects how their brains are wired. We either wire their brains to expect compassion from us, or we wire their brains to expect that we're going to be too preoccupied with our own needs to be able to hear theirs. Finally, this reality means that we need to take stock of what we do regularly, because these things shape our brains, often in ways we may not intend or desire. Unfortunately for me, most of my thoughts, activities, and time are spent concerning one thing. Myself. If I'm honest, I think about myself all the time. I think about my own happiness, my career, my appearance, my own fears, and even how nice I am. All of it. My brain is wired for self-preoccupation. When we look at Christ, however, we see what a rightly wired brain looks like. In his earthly ministry, he was concerned with only one thing doing the will of his Father, and the will of his Father was to love the world. As Christians, we are called to put on Christ, to acquire the mind of Christ, to take every thought captive to obey Christ, not to be conformed to the pattern of this world, but to be transformed through the renewing of our minds. And the pattern of this world is to look out for ourselves, to think about how we can get our own needs met, to think about who's getting in our way by cutting us off on the highway. We're self-interested because we're wired to be. And we're wired by things like commercials that tell us we won't be happy until we get that new grill. And by movies that tell us that we're incomplete until we fall in love. Or by ads that tell us that our brokenness is directly correlated with how much body fat we have. Everywhere we go, we are surrounded by things that activate our me, me, me neurons. But there is no such thing as me, me, me. What we do affects others. Who we are affects others. And next week, we're going to look at how our thoughts impact our relationships. Our brains have been wired to contemplate our own happiness, but we are called to contemplate Christ, to look for Him, to long for Him, to treat others as He would treat them, to become Him. And if we're going to become Him, then we're going to have to form new habits, and we're going to have to have our brains rewired by Christ Himself. So join the fight. Live Orthodoxy. Remember to like and subscribe and join the rest of us inside the trench.